Hey, 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 you. How's your day going? Hope everything's good. Oh, yes. We're here today to discuss some important things happening in the world. Are you ready, ducks? First off, let's talk about the situation in eastern Ukraine. Russia is advancing along the entire front line, but the Ukrainian defense is holding strong. The cost, however, is high. Next, let's switch to the Middle East, where Israel and Hamas are still at war. The U.S. has vetoed a U.N. Security Council resolution, and fighting is ongoing in the southern Gaza Strip. The Israeli army has urged the residents of Khan Yunis to evacuate. And finally, let's touch on the electoral events in Russia scheduled for 15 Shadros and 17th March, including the temporarily occupied Ukrainian territories. So, Duck, get ready for a deep dive into these topics. We're here to help you make sense of it all. You know, I recently listened to the new release by Scouting for Girls, Heartbeat, on Spotify. It's a really inspiring song, especially this verse that really got to me. I'll give you my jacket, I'll give you my heart. Oh, Scouting for Girls. They're the London-based pop rock band formed by three friends back in 2005, right? It's amazing how you always discover these unique bands. Yes, that's them. And you know what really struck me? It's how the lead singer pronounces the words heart, chance, arse, star, apart, and of course, dancing. Wow, you always listen so attentively. What specifically about his pronunciation caught your attention? Well, first of all, it's very different from American pronunciation. My daughter, for example, would immediately recognize it as English, not American boy band. She always says, in America, they say dancing, but I say dancing. <laughs> Your daughter really knows her stuff when it comes to accents. The British accent is truly unique, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. British English, in my humble opinion, is like honey to the ears, ducks. Well, you always find the perfect words to describe it. Yes, the British accent is truly something special, ducks. Good morning, Oatcake. December, isn't it? Have you ever wondered why we sometimes feel lost and out of focus, especially in December? I hope not too much. I don't know how your December is going, but mine is quite impressive. I even made a little picture to help you understand. This too shall pass. I'm telling this to myself and to you. When everything is bad, this phrase helps to deal with difficulties and keep hope alive. When everything is good, it reminds us to enjoy the joy and beautiful moments, because they also pass. And in the end, absolutely everything passes. Now is the envy of all the dead. Have you heard the latest news about the war in Ukraine, ducks? Yeah, it's just terrible. Russia is advancing along the entire front line, and they have the upper hand in terms of manpower. It seems like the Kremlin has big plans ahead of the elections. But you know what's really interesting? It seems like they've forgotten that war is not a game of chess, and the side with more pieces doesn't always win. And Ukraine is holding the defense steadily, but this stability comes at a high cost. In the semi-encirclement of Avdivka, where Russian shells are flying towards Kupiansk and Chasivyar, and there's nothing left of Marienka. It's like that joke, remember? Everyone went to the front, except Grandpa. He went around. Only there's not much to laugh about here. You know, it's like that scene from the old movie 300 Spartans, but in real life. Here's an excerpt from a post by a Ukrainian soldier about the situation near the village of Krimka in the Kherson region. We're holding Krimka confidently. The Russians aren't moving because our FPV drones and artillery are working really well there, but the enemy's counter-battery fire is intense, hitting us dozens of times a day, leveling everything. Honestly, 
I don't know how the guys are holding up, what they're made of, and where they get so much inspiration to do what they do, but they're holding the defense strong. You know what's really scary? In Ukraine, Russia is using aviation bombs with a caliber of up to 1,500 kilograms. And you know what else? They're also using cluster bombs there. It looks terrifying, just like everything else Russia is doing in Ukraine. It's a dark situation. But as they say, in the dark, all cats are gray. Unfortunately, the cats here don't purr. Speaking of war, it's a great segue to another important topic. What do you think about the implications of this conflict for international relations, ducks? And remember, war is always intertwined with politics, and vice versa. Remember when I wrote to you about Javier Milea, who became the new president of Argentina? Yeah, I remember. He's a fascinating character, isn't he? So, at his inauguration, Zelensky was there. And not just him, Viktor Orban, the prime minister of Hungary, was there too. Wow, that's interesting. Did they meet up and have a chat then? The media reported that Zelensky and Orban were seen chatting at the inauguration, but the details of the, their conversation are not being disclosed. There are only photos that speak for themselves. I reckon Orban probably brought up the issue of the situation of ethnic Hungarians in Ukraine. It's possible. Yeah, but that's not the only thing happening in Zelensky's political life. Recently, he had a phone call with Macron, and tomorrow, on the 12th of December, he has a meeting planned with Biden. Blimey, he's got a right busy schedule, hasn't he? And do you reckon the question of providing military aid to Ukraine for next year needs to be sorted out soon? Yes, that's right. It looks like a decision will be made in the near future. We'll keep an eye on these developments. Right? Oatcakes, are you ready to switch to another hotspot in the world? <laughs> Let's talk about the conflict in the Gaza Strip. Yeah, that's a topic we can't ignore. Last Friday, the U.S. vetoed a resolution at the U.N. Security Council, which was prepared by the UAE. The resolution called for a ceasefire in the Gaza Strip, demanded the release of all hostages, and urged both sides to abide by international law. In support of the resolution, 13 out of the 15 current members of the U.N. Security Council, including Russia and China, voted in favor. The U.K. abstained. The U.S. justified their veto by stating that the resolution lacked condemnation of Hamas and confirmation of Israel's right to self-defense. Later on Sunday, the U.N. Secretary General Guterres condemned the U.S. and stated that the Security Council is paralyzed by geopolitical disagreements, undermining its authority and trust. Right now, the fiercest fighting is taking place in the southern part of the Gaza Strip, in the city of Khan Yunus. The Israeli army has urged the residents of the city to evacuate because the fighting is only going to intensify. However, according to human rights activists, there is nothing where they are being told to evacuate to. No housing, no water. The Health Ministry of Gaza reports about 18,000 deaths since the 7th of October. In Tel Aviv, they're saying that the war could end as soon as tomorrow if Hamas lays down their arms and releases the hostages. I wonder what the Hamas hostages are thinking. There are still 130 people being held hostage. Weeks without electricity, food, and sleep are gone. That's what they've endured. If you want to find out more about the events of this war, you can read the live coverage of the events on BBC or catch up on yesterday's war events on Times of Israel. You know, ducks, as we've just found out, the peaceful resolution in the Gaza Strip is still in progress. This reminds us of the complexity of international politics. 
But speaking of peaceful resolutions and the political situation, it's a great segue to the electoral events in the Russian Federation. Yeah, and it's not just an event, it's a whole spectacle. Imagine the elections are set for the 15th to the 17th of March, and now Putin has agreed to the request of the military and their mothers, a doctor and a minor, to run for president for the fifth time. This raises a lot of questions about democracy and freedom of choice in Russia. Oh, that sounds like a joke, doesn't it? But unfortunately, it's no laughing matter. And what's even more interesting, these pseudo-elections are planned to be held in the temporarily occupied Ukrainian territories, namely in Crimea, and in certain areas of the Donetsk, Luhansk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson regions of Ukraine. This raises serious concerns about the violation of international law. Yeah, that's to be expected. But you know what else is interesting? They say Putin is already getting ready for the 2024 elections. But why does he need them? And why do authoritarian leaders even love elections so much? It's a question that many people ask themselves. It's a very common question, Oatcake. And in this material, there's a pretty comprehensive answer. But that's a topic for another conversation. Perhaps it's related to the desire to maintain the appearance of democracy and legitimacy. But speaking of democracy and freedom of choice, this leads us nicely to the situation with LGBT rights in Russia. Have you heard that United Russia has joined in the crackdown by law enforcement on Russian gay clubs? Yeah, I've heard about that. A member of the ruling party in Russia even posted a video on Telegram of a raid on the famed gay club in Yekaterinburg and said that it had nothing to do with the recognition of LGBT organizations as extremist. Of course, ducks. I watched that video and was horrified. Or if they found condoms, alcohol, ropes for shibari, and BDSM accessories in the gay club. What on earth is happening in Yekaterinburg? How much longer will this go on? Blimey, the prudishness of the Russian authorities is truly mind-boggling. Absolutely, Oatcake. It's not just surprising, it's shocking. But we'll keep an eye on the situation and hope for the best. Absolutely, Oatcake. It's a truly shocking situation. But we've got to keep shining a light on these issues to raise public awareness. Absolutely right, Ducks. And while we're at it, let's have a laugh about this situation. Imagine their surprise when they found shibari ropes. Oh, what's this? Is it really what I think it is? Ha ha ha, yeah, it's really funny to imagine. But unfortunately, the reality is much less amusing, isn't it? Yeah, oatcake. That's true. Uh, but we keep hoping for the best and fighting for equality and freedom of choice for everyone. You know, ducks, there are some very interesting events happening in Georgia. On Saturday, there was a big march in Tbilisi in support of Georgia's bid to join the EU. Their society is united, and they want to be part of Europe. That's how they're appealing to the leaders of all 27 EU countries. Yeah, and this happened just before the European Council meeting, which is scheduled for the 14th and 15th of December. By the way, at this meeting, the question of EU expansion will be discussed. Absolutely. And it's expected that at this meeting, Georgia may be granted candidate status to join the EU, alongside Albania, Bosnia and Herzegovina, North Macedonia, Serbia, Turkey, Montenegro, Ukraine, and Moldova, all of which already have this status. Georgia currently has the status of a potential candidate, but it seems like they are ready to go further. Absolutely, Oatcake. That's what I call a real desire for democracy and freedom of choice. Don't you think so? Hey, ducks. You know, there was recently the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony in Oslo, <laughs> and guess who received it? Iranian human rights activist Nargis Mohammadi. Yeah, I've heard about that. 
She really deserves that recognition. I mean, she's fighting for women's rights against the systematic discrimination and oppression in Iran. Absolutely, Oatcake. She supports women's fight for the right to live a full and dignified life. And this struggle, unfortunately, has been accompanied by persecution, imprisonment, torture, and even death. But you know what's most interesting? She never gives up. And not just that. She's fighting for freedom of expression and the right to independence, as well as against rules that require women to stay out of sight and cover their bodies. Blimey, ducks. No one said it would be easy. Here, right now, Mohammadi is in prison for anti-state propaganda. Her children represented her at the award ceremony. But you know what? She continues to fight even from behind bars. It's really sad, ducks. But we hope that her fight and efforts won't be forgotten and will bear fruit in the future. And by the way, her children, they're such stars, representing her at the ceremony. It's truly inspiring. Ooh, speaking of fighting for rights, this brings us to another important issue of our time, climate change. So, let's talk about the latest news from the COP28 summit, my friend. Yeah, that's a really important issue. And you know what? The number of lobbyists representing the fossil fuel industry and having access to the summit has increased to a record 2,456 people, up from 636 at last year's summit. It's like all the oil barons of the world decided to throw a party at COP28. Blimey, it's a right old perversion, isn't it? All the oil barons of the world have gathered at COP28, and on top of that, last week OPEC suddenly sent a letter to its members and allies urging them to refrain from mentioning fossil fuels in the final agreement. They're saying, focus on reducing environmental pollution and emissions, but don't touch fossil fuels. Well, of course, it's like asking a wolf not to touch the sheep while he's guarding the flock. Interesting that India and China are also not keen on completely giving up fossil fuels and are proposing to focus on developing renewable energy instead. Blimey, these chaps with big mustaches won't come to an agreement. I don't trust them. The climate clock is ticking, showing that we've got just under six years to stop the planet from warming by a whole one and a half degrees. And otherwise, it's going to be jolly difficult to rein in the climate changes. The weather will go completely haywire, and everything will go downhill fast. And this isn't a joke, mate. It's the reality we'll face if we don't take action. And by the way, speaking of not having another planet, it reminds me of a recent conversation with my daughter. She asked me which planet I would choose if one was completely free of pollution and had fish, and the other was ours. And you know what? I'd choose ours. Seriously? Even considering all the pollution and potential flooding from snowmelt in the mountains? Yeah, exactly. I told her that our planet also has fish and sushi, and that she just doesn't know yet how cool Earth is. But she was convinced that the other planet is better because there's no pollution there. Well, sushi is definitely a strong argument. But what did you say about her comment on pollution? I agreed with her that we need to do something about pollution and protect our planet. But I still love our Earth, despite all its problems. My daughter looked at me as if I'd lost my marbles. Well, you're always telling her about your future life on Mars, surrounded by grandchildren, sitting in a rocking chair and wrapped in a down shawl. Maybe she just doesn't understand why you want to stay on Earth? Maybe you're right. I do sometimes want to leave Earth, but not because of pollution. Although pollution certainly doesn't make me want to stay. Speaking of pollution on Earth, let's talk about creativity and art. For example, Taylor Swift, who was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And it's not for nothing. 
as she's not only a talented singer, but also a woman with a unique perspective on life. Yeah, Taylor Swift. She really deserves that title. In an interview with Time, she said, There's one thing I've learned. My reaction to everything that happens, good or bad, is to keep creating, keep making art. I've also realized that there's no point in actively trying to defeat your enemies. Trash always takes itself out. That's what I'm talking about. A real positive attitude. Keep creating, despite all the difficulties and obstacles. And don't waste time fighting enemies. Because, as she said, trash always takes itself out. You know what, ducks? It's like with our problems. Sometimes it's better to just keep moving forward and not pay attention to the negativity. Absolutely spot on, mate. That's a truly inspiring attitude towards life and creativity. And that's definitely one of the reasons why Taylor Swift was named Time's Person of the Year. By the way, she became the youngest woman ever to receive this title. What an achievement, right, ducks? Hey, ducks. I'm on stage and I've got something to tell you. You know, I've always been inspired by Taylor Swift and her unique approach to life. It's always been a motivation and a source of fun for me. And speaking of fun, let's move on to those funny pictures you've been sending me. Oh, the last one was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I wonder if you can guess what time they sent me that picture. And give it a gus, it'll be fun.